Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Hello, today we are talking about poetry with Brianna. Hello, thanks for having me. This is another one of our book discussions, and we just got out of National Poetry Month, so we thought it was a good time to do poetry and go from there. So we decided to do celebrity poetry because we thought it would be interesting, and it is people that everyone knows, and every single book of poetry by celebrities has mixed reviews across the internet, so we thought, why not share our opinions? Yes, definitely. And these are some interesting ones that we have in the collection at the Albright, so we thought it would be fun to read these two. Yes, they're both in the collection and also through Libby. Um, Do we want to start with Halsey or Misha Kahl first? I mean, it depends. How many do you have very exciting opinions about? I mean, I have a lot of opinions about both. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. All right. Your pick then. Dealer's choice. Okay. I feel like let's go with Halsey first because I liked it less than the Misha Collins one. I concur. I concur. We'll get that one out of the way first. So Halsey's poetry book is I Would Leave Me If I Could, a collection of poetry. Most people know Halsey as a music artist, but she also has this poetry collection. Um, And her website for the poetry collection is interesting because it just has the cover and it moves, but there's no real other information about it on the website. Yeah, it's it's Hmm. interesting. I liked the way this one opened. Like, I appreciated her introduction. It's called the introduction, but it's actually a poem. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a nice touch. Because most people will at least use the introduction to sort of just generally talk about what they're going to write about. But I like that hers was in poetry form as well. So it sort of delves you already into what she's doing. Yeah, I felt, in general, her poetry was... I don't know. I read a review on Goodreads that said that she needed an editor. (laughs) And I feel like... I very much agree with that because I feel like a lot of the poems felt like they just had extra things. Like Mm -hmm. if she cut down to just a few glimpses or a few lines, I don't know. I feel like they might have worked a bit better. That's fair. Yeah, she has a lot of detail in there. And I Mm -hmm. will say I'm biased in my poetry preferences that I really like detailed, like realistic poetry where they Mm -hmm. give like specific images that you can like really grasp and like hold on to and look at. But I can see how that would make sense because there is a lot of it. Like she Mm -hmm. she really does pile in the detail. And I feel like especially with um, famous people, that's hard because she writes about specific people she's interacted with. And I'm like, do you ever wonder if that person reads this poetry book and is like, oh, that poem was totally about me because <laughs> we did that exact thing and all of those things that she said. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they work better in the terms of if she turned them into her songs, because mm-hmm. I feel like she almost just wrote songs and was like, yes, this is poetry and put it down. I thought that too. I felt like a lot of the poems felt like rhythmically exactly like songs to me. Mm -hmm. And poetry does normally have its own rhythm and cadence, but it did have a very lyrical song style to it. Um, I think she had, what was the one? There were a couple of them I saw that really had that resonance to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has the imagery of songs too. Like there yes. tends to be a lot of concrete images that she uses re- like repetitive through the poems. Uh, one of them that reminded me of a song was Homemaker, which is in the physical copy of the book that I'm using from the library's collection. It's page seven. But she does this with like the repetition where she's like, listen to that cool, cool water run. You got a new, new closet. 
And she really has a lot of that, like, rhythmical continuing these images and making them very um, present, I would say, by the way that she repeats things. Like, they're very visual. You can sense yourself there. And I do like that part of it a lot. I think she does a really nice job. Homemaker was also just a really great poem to me because I think she makes a really great point about gender roles. I think that's one of her biggest things here. It's just like a lot about subverting gender roles and talking about what's expected of women in particular, but just in general, what's expected of us as we come into adulthood and learn how to function. And I really like that that's one of many that she does that with. Mm-hmm. I did find that some of her poetry lines reminded me of other songs. Mm, yes, yes. Um, yeah, some of them reminded me of other songs. So in The Tourist, which is on page 26 and 27, the ending lines are, but I hope they air in California will forever taste of me. And my brain immediately goes to the Fallout Boy song. <laughs> Chicago is two years ago. Ah. And then that just got that stuck in my head. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Okay. I get it. I thought yeah. that with um, a more, so this is actually like a very new song, as in like only the past couple months, yeah. but The Professional is another poem she does, which is really cool because it's it's the one where she advertises herself as the perfect holiday girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's like basically like, ah, yes, date me for the holidays. I can talk about these topics with your family. And she's like selling herself, um, but also like really critiquing the stereotypes of what like women are expected to be in that sense. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the new song that's trending on TikTok, um, which is called Labor, I believe is just the title of the song, but it's the song where it's like, a, it's like the female battle cry where they're like, you make me do too much labor. Oh yeah. And it's all, it's become very popular in terms of like all the things women are expected to be and do mm-hmm. like homemaker, um, like to take care, to be a servant, to be a nurse, to be all these things. And I thought it was really interesting how the way she advertises herself to fit into all the roles that someone could possibly want her to be, Uh in addition to being this creative person that she's showing us she is. I thought that was a really interesting commentary that also made me think of a song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the examples of poems I feel like could have been shortened was The Breakup. Mm. And it goes into... It's still quite short, She discusses the English language and, like, paradoxes in the English language. And I feel like it could have just been cut down to the last two lines were just, I love you like a brother. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that would have had more impact to me than all this kind of, like, meandering around Mm. the central. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think there's a certain punchiness. Um, that is helpful. But that's also, I think, where every like poetry writer is different. Some people yeah. really favor the long and the flowery. And as someone who really liked romance um, era poetry, not like romance, like love, but like romantic poetry yeah. as in like eight, G- early 1800s <laughs> poetry, I really liked that style. But I do think there's something to be said about the sparsity and the punchiness that can really convey a lot in a, in a little. Another one that I found really interesting was the poem Absence Makes the Heart Grow Fonder, which for us is on page 115 of the print book. Um, I really liked how she juxtaposes this sweet love poem with how great this her, this guy she admires is from afar and all of that, but then the jolting of how he is up close and how different that is. And I feel like this is where we see the difference in the two poetry uh, collections we read that we can talk about when we get mm-hmm. to Misha Collins, which is just that... 
Hers is a very distinct sense of like nostalgia and a loss of innocence and a lot of sadness and that mm-hmm. that sense of falling from grace and losing that childhood innocence in a way where Misha's is a little bit more of a finding of the peace in that. I think Halsey's is a little more of a struggle with those feelings and that experience. And I think we see that a lot in the mm-hmm. way she writes. I think another thing that I found with the way that she writes is I almost feel like where choices feel like very odd to me Mm. and I know that's more of like just a personal thing and personal preference but I feel like a lot of times she's trying to convey like serious topics but the word choices just throw me right out of it (laughs) yeah um that's fair feel like she used like chunks a Mm. lot Mm. and it just kind of like (laughs) <laughs> threw me out of like where she was trying to go because I was like hmm that's a weird word yeah. instead of thinking yeah. about the overall <laughs> yeah you get distracted by choices and you're like why did they say it that way yeah 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 I totally understand that I think she's got a very particular jarringness to and that like you said it could be tied to the mm-hmm. editing it can also be tied to the way that that's I think her style as a musician I don't yeah. listen to her a lot but I know that that is often her her bit that is her style is to be particularly jagged and shocking at times or like a little grungy and on the edge like that's that's the type of music she makes and it makes sense that that's the type of poetry she makes yeah Yeah, like i just found one here i did the kindle edition so it's at 85 percent of the book um which i'm not really sure what that translates um but it's his eyes flicker like chunks of glitter falling through clear goo in a snow globe Mm -hmm. the choice of chunks and goo yeah it just it's not like I didn't. <laughs> it's distracting. Get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally understand. And to me, that makes sense for the jarringness of it, mm-hmm. like the way that, and even just like the loss of innocence. Because if you think about it, everyone describes snow globes as being very pretty and beautiful, and like the, like that like nice sparkly mm-hmm. drifting glitter through through the water. But like I think that it makes sense for the the tone of her poetry that everything's very abrupt. Like it's mm-hmm. not as coded in the magicalness anymore. But that also would mean that, like, whatever she's describing, as we learn when you take English classes, mm-hmm. if they're, if she's describing it that way, then the hope is that she's purposely trying to deconstruct yeah. it and make it seem like it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Because if she wants it to be truly romantic and sweet and beautiful, you want to use that delicate language versus saying chunks of glitter in the goo really mm-hmm. conveys that, like, harsh, like... Like, almost like everything isn't quite what you expect it to be or what you yeah. thought it was. I almost feel like it's... It, like, reminds me of, like, childlikeness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, like, chunks and goo just remind me of, like, a kid making slime. Yep, that's true. That's a good point. It so, does feel it, very childish in that way. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That is an interesting point. I like that. It, it, that's where I think the disconnect was for me. Yeah, that makes sense. So the last poem that Halsey includes in this collection is, I wish that I were manic all the time. And I think it's a really good reflection of um, what she says throughout the entire collection, which makes sense. She opens Mm -hmm. with this introduction um, that really delves us into the poetry. And she closes with one that's a poem that speaks a lot to um, who she is. And the fact she, she repeatedly says things like, you might think I'm crazy, wild and young and free. Um, But really, she's overthinking, she's analyzing, like she expresses the self that she shares a lot in the poetry, which Mm -hmm. is the self that is confused and overwhelmed and disoriented and disillusioned. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a lot of sense for what she's she's writing here um, and what we're reading. And I don't know, I think it's true that it is a bit of a jarring um, 
a little bit of a chaotic poetry collection, mm. but I think that matches her personality in a lot of ways. It does. Like, yeah. you can tell it's definitely her. Yes, it yeah. is very her. Yeah. Okay, and now on to Misha Collins, who most people just know from Supernatural. Yeah, I yeah. noticed that. Well, the funny part was that you were like, ah, yes, Misha Collins. And I was like, who is this person? Because I've never watched Supernatural, but I don't, I do know of him. Because yeah. Tumblr, if you have, were ever on Tumblr, you know who this man is. Yeah, I've never watched Supernatural either. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I Googled him after seeing that, and it's cute. Did you see his fans call themselves his army for good because he's, like, so big into social activism now? And it's just, like, so he's, he seems from this poetry collection in many ways different from Halsey and that I feel like mm-hmm. he is just an authentically, like, wholesome and, like, I don't know, like, at peace yeah. sort of person in the way that he portrays himself in his poetry. He divides the poetry collection up into different sections which i found helpful me too um because there's love poems good things sadness and foreboding things people he considers his people and people in general and then perspective of parents and then poems about children i thought it gave a nice flow to it all it did and it kind of traces his development in that way because we meet him in the early poems like when he's Mm -hmm. first meeting his wife to be and like seeing their development and then we end with them having their little family together and i think it's a nice progression through his adult life in Mm -hmm. that way but the very first poem is the kiss and lines from this made me think about modern art. The stanza that goes, did we deprive ourselves of oxygen? Did we kill brain cells? Would we have scored higher on the SATs if we hadn't been so in love? Um, Which I, first of all, I think is a neat um, commentary on just life in general. Yes. Um, But it also made me think of the Marina Abramovic and Uli piece, um, Breathing In and Breathing Out. I don't know if you know much about her. No, I do not. She, she does performance art. Often she's responsible for the artist's present that was in the Met, where she just sat there and people sat across from her and stared at her huh. for as long as they wanted. And it was a whole thing. Um, but with this one, breathing in, breathing out, her and Uli, who was, I believe her boyfriend, partner, something along... They were in a romantic relationship at the time. They sat in the middle of an art gallery and locked mouths in a kiss and just exchanged oxygen back and forth until they passed out. That's fascinating! Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh! How long did it take them to pass out? Do you know? I think it was... Let me look it up. I think it was like seven minutes. Wow. When people do art that just uses the human body as the art, it fascinates me. Yeah, let me... Okay, so it took, according to this website, it took them 19 minutes in the first performance and 15 minutes in the second performance to be on the verge of passing out and stopping. Wow. Um, They also, this is going completely off topic, um, but also when they broke up their final art performance together was, I believe it was that they walked from each end opposite ends of the wall in china and met in the middle wow and then just never saw each other again until he turned up at the artist is present and it was the only time that she broke her rule and like moved during the entire thing that is such a can you imagine the scope of that breakup to be like our our grand exit is going to be walking to each other across the most famous wall 
and then just separating and never seeing each other again. Yeah. That is so crazy. It's very art. It is. It is very much what yeah. an artist would do. So that's what um, those lines reminded me of. <laughs> See, I like, I also like the relationship that Misha Collins has with his, with his wife in mm-hmm. these poems. I think theirs is also a very like beautiful, and the way he portrays it, it feels like a very beautifully artistic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did look her up because I was curious as I was reading these. Um, her name is Victoria Van Tock. She's a writer and sexuality historian, which I find fascinating. That is um, but the thing that I found sweetest is she, they, they were married in 2001. This book was published in 2021. So it's like a 20th anniversary present mm-hmm. to his wife. And it's just so sweet to see how he's reflecting on these early days 20 years later. Um, because that it, I think it really brings their relationship full circle. And I loved, my favorite was um, Sun and Shadow, which is on page 11 in the print book we have in the collection, is the poem that includes the title of the book, Some Things I Still Mm -hmm. Can't Tell You. And I love that I was so afraid it was going to be this big reveal of all these things he had kept from his wife and couldn't admit to her. And then it was really just like a silly lie that he told her about being in a cafe when he went to a tanning salon. And I just thought it was the most entertaining, like... And that, to me, embodies his poetry as well, because that's the punchline of the of the poem, is him being like, just a cafe, as he walks into the tanning salon. And so many of his poems are these beautiful lyrical pieces that end mm-hmm. with the nice, punchy two lines at the end that just, like, make a funny joke or show a, a funny image yeah. that really, like, turns the poem on its head. And I loved that about his writing. <laughs> yeah, I found that in Zen Morning. I think that was one of the ones that amused me. Because it was just them sitting outside, having a nice calm morning, and then realizing it was garbage day. Yes. And I feel like that's just relatable. <laughs> it is the most relatable. We we just had that moment the other night where we were like, there was a holiday this weekend. Is the garbage still going out? Do we put the garbage out? <laughs> like, it was one of those where that is the epitome of marriage, I would mm-hmm. say. my One of my favorite things that he does is that I appreciate how he really incorporates a lot of great poetic elements um, into it. And Mm -hmm. he does a lot of the really cool um, imagery, similar to Halsey, but different Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And one of my favorite is that in the poem Clasped on page 25, um, he describes the sky is perfectly painted the color of cold. And I love that synesthesia of like Mm -hmm. describing like different senses with words that describe another sense. And I think he does a really neat job of that where... um, not only is it alliteration, because he's saying the color of cold and it's perfectly painted. He does a nice job with that mm-hmm. alliteration that is like one of the fundamental benchmarks of a lot of poetry. But he also does that great job of like, you can picture cold having a color. Like yeah. we can picture, I'm sure we all have different visions of it, but you can sort of see it in your mind's eye and it really brings those visuals that he's using there. Yeah, it like opens it up to you to interpret it how you want. Exactly. Which I think is one of the things I like, or one of the th- reasons why... I liked his poetry collection so much more is it gave you as like a reader and interpreter the like ability to look at things from your own perspective and interpret it how you want. Yeah, I think that reflects their different positions in life and how they see themselves. Like I think Halsey's poetry, you're right, it's very concrete and that is hard to imagine yourself into because she gives Mm -hmm. you such vivid detail about the situations And I think that that speaks to the youth and independence she's still trying to Mm -hmm. find in herself. Like, she's finding her way. She's identifying herself. Whereas Misha, 
is much more mature and older and seems to have this sense of like the communal nature of the world now, particularly as he reflects on his relationship Mm -hmm. and then having to travel the world away from her sometimes and then having children. His poetry is a lot more reflective of the full human experience and how it is to interact with other human beings. And that's true that he then does leave a lot more avenues open for meeting him where he is Mm -hmm. and sort of imagining yourself in. I know as someone who is like vaguely newly married myself, (laughs) I see a lot of that in these as well. Like when we're reading um, like Zen Morning about the garbage, I thought instantly of PJ. Um, Or when we're reading Sun and Shadow, um, which is the one where he lies to his wife and it's this silly little lie. But he writes about how the stream of consciousness that they share with each other, um, just saying whatever comes to their brain all day to feel connected is something we do all the time. And I think it's so beautiful to see how he leaves that open, that you can sort of imagine your own experiences into his. Yeah. Oh, another favorite of mine, which I think speaks to our experience here as librarians, is on page 43. It's Reread. And it's it's the poem he writes about... um, like someone who had highlighted and written in this library book at the Portland State Library. And he imagines the person writing in it and how they're like what they're doing as they're writing in it, like sitting with the coffee and everything. And then I love that the lines, uh, they're reading lines like be the running, not the runner. Um, and thinking, yes, yes, that's it. I am the running. And I just love, because he does that perfect blend of imagining the experience of other human beings, which mm-hmm. is like that concept of Sonder. And then he's like, I am the running. And that's how he ends it. It's just so beautiful. It's perfect. Yeah, because you really do. When you read annotated things, you're like, what was this person doing? Yep, exactly. I know I'm on like a few of the email lists that send out the chunks of different books. And like weekly or whatever they come out, that sort of thing. And I will often look at the Google books to get what page number, because it's all out of copyright books. And sometimes you find them on Google books where they have the annotations and you're like, what was this person writing a paper on? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Because I feel like you can tell academic annotations from just like personal annotations. Yes. I totally agree. I know I I have a lot of books that in my undergraduate years I annotated because I was an English major. So Mm -hmm. that's just what I did was I annotated all of the books and I kept all of them. And now when I, when I let my husband have a copy and I'm like, oh, you should read this. And he sees the annotations. Like we had to read Lolita for my literary theory course. And the whole first two lines, we spent like a week on those lines, just all of the different ways you can analyze them. So the whole first page is just covered. Every white space has a no in it. It's chaotic. And he's like, why? Why are you? This is so much. How do I absorb this? And I'm like, but don't you want to see into my mind? Like, don't you want to see what I was reading and thinking? And he started doing it too now. He's he's guilty of it too. And I think he appreciates it now that he is a reader more often and he wants to annotate and see what others are thinking. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't often annotate in fiction. Every Mm -hmm. once in a while I will, but nonfiction is where I'm at. Yes. Because it comes from the history, major part of it. Yep. And it's just like all of the margin notes all the time. Especially if it's like a book on Lafayette. I'm like, I feel like, and like my notes inside will be like, I feel like this isn't right, but okay. And like, (laughs) if I think how you annotate also shows what your personality is. Yes, very true. I know I have the same experience where I don't annotate fiction as often. I did it a lot in my undergrad when I would take notes for classes. 
Um, but I, I feel like nonfiction is a great, it, it is particularly great for that, especially when we're reading it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to annotate and have, yeah. it, have that, have that <laughs> thought stream of consciousness at the ready. In Fire and Water, part one, Absolution, um, how it was so very West Coast for me today because it was talking about the wildfires in the hills. Yes. Now that they occur more often, <laughs> there we go, that really was interesting. And kind of the thought of being faced with a natural disaster. And he goes on in here and he's the one line is, I thought, this is how I die. And you're just like, yeah, sometimes that's what it's like when you just look at nature. Yes. And you're like, what is happening? What did I get myself into? This probably is how I die. Like, being too close to this cliff on this hike. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, I think that's just such a human aspect of people to be faced with weather or events or certain aspects of nature. Like those videos of people on boats in the middle of the ocean the most terrifying thing you ever saw (laughs) i know i know i feel like we're very lucky in where we live i saw a quote recently about um the hurricanes and things like that and they said relative to living in the northeast that you can shovel snow but you can't shovel a hurricane and i was like Yeah. yeah that speaks to the fact that i can't imagine what it's like to live in a place where there are wildfires or hurricanes or tornadoes because there's actually i've been seeing a lot of drone footage of tornadoes recently um i think there was just a really bad tornado recently that they someone got drone footage of and it's crazy how these forces of nature like they really do shock us um into this state of awe which is why i think a lot of poetry reflects on those and it makes sense that his includes it um another one that i thought was interesting was town car and he's talking about his mom and how his mom brags about him (laughs) and he just goes it nettles me and I feel like that's such an accurate statement of anyone who has, like, a good relationship with their parents, where their parents just hype them up all the time, yes. and they're like, stop it. Yes. Just stop it. This is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It is funny how he sort of does, because he reflects a lot on the things he does to try to impress her, and how it just does not always work yeah. the way he thinks it will. And it is really cute to see that. I think, especially as you enter adulthood and there are less of those concrete markers Mm -hmm. to be like, look, I did a thing. Especially when you're in the weird, ambivalent part of adulthood that we're in where it's like, all right, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) What's happening? Then I have Black Cat, which I literally wrote, I have no literary commentary, only cats. (laughs) I love it. I do love cats. The Black Cat one's on 71. I love it so much. I don't remember what it was about. I just remember being like, cats. I know. (laughs) Um, it's literally about a cat, <laughs> a, a cat wandering around the neighborhood and trying to think of why the cat was there, which I think we all do. Yes. Yes. Like we all have neighborhood cats around here. We do. Though I will say it's great when it expands to other critters. Like we just mm-hmm. had Easter and between Easter and the day after Easter, as we're recording this because future, I saw two different rabbits and I, I had to hit my brakes for the rabbit last night because one was on my way yeah. home and I had to hit those brakes. I was not about to kill that rabbit. <laughs> but yes, I like to think about the critters that come out and what their lives are like. The cats are just an especially common one, I think, especially yeah. around here. We have a lot of neighborhood cats. Yeah. And it gets confusing when neighborhood cats look like your cats. Yes, it is unsettling. I was looking out the window the other day and I saw a cat that looked like my one cat walking into a neighbor's house. And I'm like, 
why is she over there? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, no, she's sleeping on my bed. <laughs> we had one of those right after we moved where there was a black cat on our back deck. And I sent a picture. Um, and I said, I was like, he's like the cousin of our cat, who's a black cat. And my husband had a heart attack. And he was like, I was praying that that wasn't our cat. And that you, like, if you saw him outside, you wouldn't stop to take a photo. You would, like, actually go out and get him. And I was like, correct. It was not our cat. It was just another, it was actually yeah. our neighbor's black cat. So we've got two with the neighborhood. I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else? The last poem that I really like to look at was um, The Commuter, which is on page 95. And I thought this to me was his, like, summing up a lot of his style poem because it's about him uh, talking about interacting with the driver that they send for him from the studio. Mm -hmm. And I love how he makes so much, like, he just has such great, sense of humor about how famous he is and how he can speak like he's a normal person even while talking about having a driver so he has this great like human grounded quality to him and the way that he writes and the way that he speaks and i thought that poem at the end was a great one of him bonding with the man who comes to pick him up and drive him to work every day and how that person also feels pride in their job the way that he does and i just thought that was a really great poem to include in that um one of those final sections there yeah it's one of those things where you can tell that both misha collins and halsey are in two completely different places in their lives exactly that's how i would describe it because i think they're both different in personality and style obviously but i think it, it is largely also that they just have very different um positions in the world and the way they're examining themselves and how they interact with the mm-hmm. world but it was really interesting to get two very different perspectives in this way through the poetry that we were able to read. I think both are worthwhile if you are fans of them. Yes. I think they are both fun. And the thing I love about poetry is that I have like book goals of how many books I want to read mm-hmm. in the year. And poetry books are nice because they're so quick and easy <laughs> that I was like in the month of April, I was like, I can achieve so many books under my belt because poetry just like really breezes by and flows. Mm-hmm. So feel free um, to check out the poetry collections. Um, if you're looking in your local library, including here at the Albright, it's the 811s, typically. So the 800 section of the nonfiction areas where our poetry is going to be. Um, but feel free to check these or any other ones out because we have a lot of great poetry. Yes. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or anything else, let us know. Um, you can email me at aloney at albury.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albury.org. Or call the library at 570-348-3000. Thank you. Mm-hmm.